0: Thanks, man. Thank you. Awesome. Yes, Tony. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. So, I all to say, <laughs> I'm so glad you're back, though, man. I'm just, just saying. I, like, you can come back. All right. See ya. So, I'll finish the series. Um, so, yeah, like, like Tony said, uh, I started a series called "Me and Jesus' Words" out of response of. His series that he finished up, and because he told me to do this series so I 'm like, what am I going to do? So we found out what Jesus had to say about himself, who he says he was, so I'm like, all right let's see what Jesus has to say about us So knowing that we had three weeks to do this, and there's so many more so many more things that Jesus has to say about who we are, but with three weeks we, we've just planned ourselves in Galatians. We could really spend an entire year um, talking about who Jesus is, so I would, I would encourage you to stay up on it there's way more than just in Galatians, but that's where we 're at for, for this series and um, we said that the, the, word, the, the Bible is the very word or words of God. So what, what, even though Paul is speaking here in Galatians, the Apostle Paul is speaking, we would say that Jesus himself is wanting us to know these things. And Paul affirms that in the beginning of Galatians. Uh, the first we talked about this, Galatians 1, it says that Paul didn't receive these things from, from man or from himself. He received it from revelation uh, from Jesus Christ. So he's affirming that as well. And we said, if you're, if you're waiting for God to speak, then start reading the Bible. He's talking to us every day in the word right here. So with that, uh, just give a little context. So if you weren't with us for this series, uh, Galatians, is this church in Galatia, Paul was, that's Apostle Paul who wrote it. He was going around this missionary journey, and he was just proclaiming Christ. He was just telling people about the gospel, saying, if you want to be accepted by God, then put your faith in Jesus, the, the one who came to die for us, who is God, and who raised again um, for us. So put your faith in him, put your faith in that. And so this church formed out of that in Galatia, and we, we were told that the church was doing really well up until Paul, when Paul left. So Paul left the church to continue on his journey, and these false teachers came in, these, these Jewish Christians came in, they were starting to say, Yeah, it's great, have faith in Christ, but you, you really, if you want to be accepted by God, And you have to do all these other things and also or instead so he's like you got to supplement your faith with with the works of the law so you got to do these these things that you're obligated to do if you really want to be accepted you got to be a great person you got to be a moral person you got to do this do that do this paul's like he's like no that's not the gospel the gospel is that you just have faith in Christ, and, and then you're accepted by God. So we said that the works of the law, it has to do with this, what, what is called the Mosaic Law. And it's anything that God um, spoke through Moses to give instructions and requirements on how to worship, uh, Ten Commandments, things like that. So if you're, a, if you're a person of God, then you would have to follow and abide in these things. But now that Christ has come, he has fulfilled that. Not, that, not to diminish the law. Like it's good to do good things, and it's good to do the things that God tells us to do but not for acceptance in God. We can't earn ourselves up to God. We, we are just, we are in that free gift that he has freely given to us when we, when we put our trust and our faith in Christ. So that's what's going on. We ended in um, chapter four last week in Galatians. So if you haven't, if you haven't been in this series, I encourage you to check out this series online. It's at madaniyes.graceohio.org. And also check the series before that too, where, where we hear um, who Jesus says in his own words. But uh, we ended in chapter four. We talked about adopted last week. First week we talked about how Jesus says that I'm accepted. Um, last week we talked about how I am adopted. And This week we'll look at chapter five to see what that's all about. Before we get in there though, it's so great that we're um, what, what we're going to be talking about today because it is Fourth of July weekend. So Fourth of July weekend, Independence Day weekend. A lot of us had four day week, um, four day weekends, which is really awesome. So. Uh, Considering that a lot of us have probably been grilling all weekend, right? I know I have been grilling, and we've been grilling with family, friends, loved ones. We've been launching off illegal fireworks all week, and we're probably still doing it. Don't lie; I know you're doing it. You <laughs> right there? Just kidding. So we're launching off fireworks. It's like it's like living the American dream. We're like America, like Tony said. It's like man, it's going crazy. So we're reminded, and we celebrate this, this Independence Day weekend, and. Um, We're reminded of this weekend. We're reminded that usually just being American, but uh, with that, living the American dream. So I mentioned that, and I say that because looking at my my news feeds on my Facebook, it's like, man, is that the American dream? There's like, you know, people chugging beers and like America everywhere and like guns. I'm like, yeah, maybe that is the American dream. I guess like living that way. So I was like, what is the American dream? If there, is there a definition for it? And actually, I don't know if you know this, but dictionary.com actually has a definition for the American dream. I thought I was going to like have the Wikipedia. It. I thought it was like an urban dictionary thing, but it's actual, it's a term, which baffled me. And uh, this is what dictionary.com says about uh, the, American, the American dream. So the American dream is the ideals of freedom, equality, and opportunity traditionally held to be available to every American. So that's the American dream. And I don't know. I, it it just sounds a little different than the way I see it presented in Facebook and our culture. We often take things a little differently than what it should be, and we'll talk more about that. But just just uh, thinking about the American dream, really quick. I just I'm so thankful for for our country. You know, I'm I'm kind of poking fun of, of America, but I am really thankful for for our country. I'm thankful that you know it's something that I I can often overlook. It's like I am free to. To, to be up here and to preach the gospel even as a christian so not just being free from from uh, what america has to tell us we're free from but also as a christian i get to be up here preach the gospel without much opposition you might tell me that i'm doing a really terrible job afterwards but that that's that's like the little opposition that i might get like other people in the country uh, other christians in the country they don't have this kind of freedom they, you know, a lot of times are getting uh, abused and even killed. I, I saw a post on Facebook even yesterday about these eight Christians who who got uh, crucified and, and killed in, in Islam. I'm like, man, that's crazy. I'm like, that, that's like a freedom that that I, don't, that I don't think about. So yeah, I'm thankful for being in this country, thankful for the freedom we have, but I'm really thankful for, for other Christians too uh, that are out in countries here who, who are still fighting for for those kind of freedoms and those kind of things. So, something I, I could take granted for. So, I am thankful, though I'm poking fun at America and American Dream and all that. I'm very thankful for that. And uh, it, with, with looking up definitions, I, I was like, okay, what is the definition of freedom, too? What is this definition of freedom? So, I went to dictionary.com again, and I was like, what is the definition of freedom? It says, the state of being free or at liberty rather than in confinement or under physical restraint. So looking at this, it's a little different than kind of what I thought freedom was gonna be when I looked it up. So basically what dictionary.com is saying is that freedom is you you were once oppressed or you you were once restrained physically or something like that, and then you're not free from that. You're free from that opposition. So Independence Day, we celebrate that. and we, how it came about is uh, America became free of Great Britain, right? I'm not a history major. I had to Google this too, but uh, <laughs> I just don't remember. I haven't been to school. But, uh, so we, we were free from uh, Great Britain, right? So this, this opposition that we had, we became independent of that. We became free country, and we, we started our own, our own thing, our own America. And so that is a little bit different than, than what we see uh, celebrated our, or what freedom might be, at least when I think about it culturally. And so this, it's funny, I didn't plan um, for this sermon to, to be in this day. I'm not like witty and I wasn't like planning like, oh man, it'll be good. We're going to talk about freedom today because it's Independence Day weekend. So I was just, I, I thought that was fun that that happened. It just kind of lined up that way. So we get to see kind of what culture has to say, which I think culture would say freedom is, is this idea of, man, how selfish can I be? It's like unrestrained selfishness. It's like how much can I get? How, what, what are my freedoms? What, what am I free from? And it, it's a little different than what we might see in Galatians. So if you go to Galatians with me, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, should be on page 812 in the Bibles in, in front of you. So if you don't have a new translation of the Bible or you don't own a Bible at all, go ahead and take that one, write your name in it, and take it home. Happy 4th of July. Don't blow it up. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I don't know why I say that. So Galatians 5, verse 1. It says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Man. So Paul's really emphasizing this. He's like, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Kind of like, no kidding, but he, he's really emphasizing that. He's like, Man, the goal of Christ was, one of his goals was to, give, to make us free. To make us free. And so he had that goal, and so he did something about it. He set us free so he's really emphasizing that and the the idea of that is man we we need to stand firm in that freedom so he's like you have this freedom so stand firm in it because it can be taken away he says do not um, do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery so uh, this freedom this freedom is given to us so that we can use it for other people so it's not it's not this selfish like how am i going to be free it's it's actually for other people and we'll talk about that in a second but if we don't stand firm in that freedom, we can actually lose it. We can lose it. We can go back to um, a, a way of slavery. And what he means by slavery and yoke, what he's talking about here, he, he's, again, he's talking in the context of Galatians. So these Galatians were adhering so much to the law, and the law was, was kind of enslaving people. It's like burdening people. It's like, I can't do all these things you're telling me to do. And it's like, well, yeah, we're not meant to do it. So, so Jesus fulfilled those things. And he's like, don't go... Don't go back to those things. Not that the law and doing works and doing good things is unimportant. It is important, but not, not as we we're trying to, there's no way to earn ourselves a God. So that's, that's the difference there that he's making very clear. And I think there's a, there's a great example of this idea of standing firm in, in our freedom. Well, arguably, maybe not a great example, but you guys have heard the whole Hobby Lobby thing, right? I, that's all over my Facebook, and it's all over the news, and I'm kind of just tired of it, but the whole Hobby Lobby thing. So these guys, they're Christian organization, they're, they're standing up for what they're saying is their religious freedoms, their Christian freedoms, and things like that, so standing firm in that. And I'm not going to get too much into it, I, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I'm mentioning it because it's happening right now, and it seemed relevant, but I don't really personally know too much about you know, what's going on with that situation. I don't, I don't have all the answers. You know, some of the people say that they have all the answers to, you know, they're doing this wrong, and these people are doing that wrong. They're taking my freedom away, and this is actually freedom. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. <laughs> but I think uh, I think it's important to mention because, you know, as, as a follower of Christ, especially, how, how are we going to um, respond in a Christ-like manner? How are we to respond with this? Is this something that's taking away freedoms is something that's serving other people is this something that's just selfish like and i don't know so i just mentioned it because it seemed relevant for for this idea of standing firm but man if i think personally for me it's like man i need to i need to be able to at least give a christ-like response to what's going on in the world standing firm in my in my freedom and knowing the gospel so with that the idea is freedom so we're talking about freedom it's debated. And freedom is happening all, all this past couple of weeks with Independence Day, with things that we're thinking about, Hobby Lobby. So what does it mean to, to actually be free in Christ? What are we talking about here? We're talking about freedom in Christ, not, not necessarily um, what the culture says. So I want to look at, I gave you two definitions of kind of what, uh, what, we, what is defined as freedom in the American dream. I also want to give us two quotes. So there's these two Christian guys, who, they're pretty awesome, they're theologians. This one guy, Dallas Willard, He says this. uh, He says that the basic values in our society are not equality and freedom, which which are proclaimed to be actually. Um, So they're not equality and freedom. It is pleasure and happiness. So he's kind of taking a stab at this. He's like, man, we we claim that you know freedom and equality, all these things are are part of like the American dream. They're part of like doing this and doing that. But what he says is he thinks that we we actually we actually take that a different route in culture. We're actually freedom to us is, is, is pursuing our pleasures and our happiness. Freedom is doing whatever I want to do, unrestricted, unrestricted selfishness. What, what can I do in my freedom? How can I pursue my pleasures and my happiness? Don't, don't worry about the consequences or what other people have to think. This is my freedom we're talking about. So I think he's nailing something really, really heavy there, just really convicting to me. It's like, man, when I, look, when I look at freedom, I mostly look at it myself, like, <laughs> I'm free, you know, me, I'm free. Like, if, if you ever, I, I was think about when I was younger, um, whenever my mom or dad would say something, it's like, it's a free country, I'll do whatever I want. It's like, that's, exact, that's exactly the same thing. So he's saying that, it's about pursuing happiness and pleasure, he, he says, if we're realistically looking at what we're, what we're talking about in freedom. Um, and <laughs> I think what's, what's funny about that is we, we don't want the consequences. We want the freedom without the consequences. It's like saying, I, I want to run in front of that moving vehicle, but I don't think I should have to be injured or die because of it. It's like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about here? There's consequences for things that we do. We're not like totally free in the way that we, we think we are. So pleasure is, is something, pleasure and happiness, like Dallas Willard is saying, is, is often um, taken over instead of common sense. So that's what I'm getting at with that. Another, another guy, Augustine, he's, a, he's an old church father, he says this about freedom. love what he's saying. He says, True freedom is not choice or lack of constraint, but being what you are meant to be. Humans were created in the image of God. True freedom, then, is not found in moving away from that image, but only living it out. So good. I he's saying, saying, be like your creator. Okay. And of course, that's debated too. We often get in debates about who created us, how we were created of. You know, he's not, some of us think we were created from monkeys. It's like, well, then go ahead and act like a monkey then. Be like your creator or whatever. But I am guessing he's saying no. He's like, we were created in the image of God. Okay, we talked about this last week too. We didn't talk about monkeys, but we talked about the, the image of God. We said back in Genesis, God has created man in his own image. He's created us in the image and likeness of God. So with that, since we're created that way, we, we should live it out. True freedom is not getting away from the image of God. It's not saying, I'm going to do whatever I want. It's actually saying, well, I'm going to do whatever I want, in, in knowing in light of being in the image of Christ. It's living that out instead. So I think what Augustine is saying is, is really good. And uh, oftentimes we can, we can look at that and be like, wow, um, the Bible says a lot of crazy things. It says that you know, I can't do this or I, I can't do that. It says I have to obey God in this. I have to obey God in that. And I'm like, that, that doesn't sound really free. It doesn't sound free to do that. You're, you're talking about being free in Christ, but it's like, I should do these things. And I think, uh, I think looking at the example of America, right? America was free and independent of, of Britain, but they still made their own laws, right? So uh, America didn't just discard authority. They actually you know, involved authority. So it's like, we're, we're a free country now. We're independent. And we, we still have some laws to follow, just our laws much like with Christ. It's like, man, we're freeing Christ. But yeah, there's still some things that we have to follow. We're, we're made in the image of God. We have the freedom to, to live that out. We have the freedom to live that out. So this whole, this whole chapter here, chapter 5, and really Galatians in general, Paul is like fighting so hard for this freedom. He's saying, stand firm in your freedom lest we, we, we forget about it, lest we get, get back into slavery. We, we go back to, to being who we're not supposed to be getting away from the image of Christ. And so he's saying that that's so important. And again, not that doing good things is bad, but that's just not the point of being accepted by Christ. We can't earn ourselves to that. We we make an effort for those things, but we don't earn our way through that. So uh, I'd love to read the entire chapter 5 for you guys. Actually, I'd like to just start in Galatians 1 and go all the way to the end. But because of attention span and because of time, I'm just going to summarize some things here. Verse 2 to 12, basically, uh, what Paul is saying is, he's like, Man, don't forget grace. Not the church. He's talking about grace. He's talking about, don't forget the free gift that God has offered you. Last week we talked about, I'm adopted. The week before we talked about, I am accepted. Those are free gifts that we get to have, gifts that Christ has given to us when we put our trust and faith in Him. So he's just really nailing that down here. He's saying, You're doing good. You Galatians, you were doing so good. And then you stopped obeying the truth. So you, you looked at the freedom of Christ and you're like, I'm, I'm not going to really obey that. So he's saying that, but he, he's getting pretty hopeful here and he's saying, yeah, you guys, I, I think you guys are going to come back and, you know, follow Christ again. So that's why I'm talking to you guys about this. And, and so he, in <laughs> verse 12, he says something really, really crazy. I'm not going to go there, but getting back into verse 13 here, picking up picking up in 13, as we go through the rest of this passage, I want us to have this one this one question in mind here. How do we stay free? Okay, so if we're saying that culture is all about, un, you know, uh, selfishness, like, how much, how much can I be free? What can I do for myself? I am free after all. I'll do whatever I want. And we're saying that in Christ, we're actually free to, to live out who we're supposed to be, who we ought to be. So if that's true, and if Paul is really saying, stand firm in this, or else you'll lose it, then how do we stay free? There's two things I want to talk about. First one, is loving others. Loving others. So that's like the most unselfish thing we can do. If we're saying that freedom in Christ is being unselfish, if it's being loving towards others, then this is huge. So picking up in Galatians 13, Paul goes and says, you, my brothers, so he's talking to to brothers and sisters in Christ, believers, he says, you, brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature The things that I want to do, the pleasures, the happiness that I want. Do not indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. See, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So, again, he's saying the same thing we've been saying. He's saying (laughs) freedom is not to do whatever you want to do. It's not, it's not that, it's not what it is. It's actually being able to restrict your freedom to love other people, to do that. Um, this example, I was thinking of examples of what this might be like, and I'm stealing this from my, one of my Moody professors at Moody Bible Institute, Gary College, he's awesome. But he was talking about this idea of freedom, and this, is, this just really hit me. He, he gave this analogy, so, so you're, you're, say you're a Christian, just hypothetically, you're a Christian, you're a Christian guy. And you go to meet up with, with another Christian. Let's just use me as an example. So let's say me and my friend, we my, my other friend who's a Christian as well, we decide to meet up at a restaurant, okay? And we meet up at a restaurant, and me thinking that I'm free in Christ, like I'll do whatever I want, um, thinking that, I'm like, well, I'm going to get a beer. The Bible doesn't say that I can't have a beer. The Bible just says that I can't get drunk, right? So that's what, that's what the Bible says, and um, I have a healthy conviction about that. It's like, okay, I can have a beer. No big deal. But... Knowing that the brother that I'm hanging out with, he might be someone who I know has struggled with alcoholism before, or who struggles with the whole concept, okay? So, knowing that if, if, I have, if someone has a beer around him, he might get the idea like, yeah, I guess I can do that, you know, pure pressure. Like, if he's having a beer, I can have a beer too. And then all of a sudden, he starts to stumble. He's like, he has a beer, and then he's like, oh, I'll just have another one. And he has another one, and then he has another one, and he gets back into this habit that he should have never, he, he knew that he didn't have that self-control. You should have never done in the first place. Well, at that point, I didn't restrict my freedom to, to love the brother, right? I, I didn't do that. I was like, I'm going to love and serve myself. After all, I'm free. So I'm going to do whatever I want, despite what my brother or anybody else thinks. And, man, that's so dangerous. And I think it's a great example that Gary College said about that. And I'm like, man, we've got to restrict our freedom or else we are then enslaving ourselves to our own passions and desires we are saying, yeah, I don't care about anybody else. I just care about my own happiness. And not that, it's, not that it's bad to have a beer, but in that situation, like, that's the worst thing to do. You're not exercising your freedom in Christ. So, anyways, enough about beer, but he, he, talks to, he says another, about, uh, another example about an athlete. So he's like, a good athlete. So a good athlete who, who trains hard and who, who does good to, 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 to support his team in the offseason he's going to train also. He's not going to go around and, you know, eat whatever he wants, eat, you know, get fat and eat desserts and whatever, whatever athletes do in their off season. He's going to keep performing um, the, the training. He's going to do that for his team, right? He has the freedom to do whatever he wants in the off season, but for his team, he's going to love other people by, by continuing standing firm and doing what he ought to do. So I love those really great examples, um, examples of how um, in freedom in Christ, it's, it's to use it to serve other people, not to serve our own pleasures, our own, as, as he says here, uh, sinful nature. Or as the other passages say, some of your Bible translations might say, desires of the flesh. It's kind of the same thing there. So uh, with that, and I've said this before, uh, free, free country. We say that. We say, I'm free, you know, I live in a free country. Well, yeah, we're still under the obligations of the law, right? If we, Unless we want to break them, then we have to do the consequences. So. Same thing. Freedom in Christ under his design. So yeah, I get to do these things, but there's consequences. So it's not total freedom. Total freedom is loving other people before you. And Jesus himself, he, if anybody restricts their freedom for another person, it's got to be Jesus. I mean, this guy came down, put on flesh, right? He's all God, all human, came down, restricted his freedom, died for us. He didn't have to do that. He could have could have just wiped us off the face of the planet or, or just made us robots and said, you're going to do these things. But when he came down, and died for us. He, he restricted his freedom so that other people would live, so that other people would have freedom. That's the freedom we're talking about, using your freedom to benefit other people. So that's the first one. How do we stay, how do we stay free? Loving others, by loving others. The second and last thing here, how do we stay free? By living in the spirit. Live in the spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit here. Jesus has given us, those of you who have faith in Christ, he has given us his spirit to help us, as a helper for us. So picking back up in uh, verse 16, uh, Paul goes on and he says, So I say, live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So you won't gratify the desires, the pursuit of pleasure and happiness that you have. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. So what we, what we want is different from what the spirit wants for us. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So being led by the spirit, knowing that we can live in the reality that Jesus is real, right? And Jesus has really given us his spirit. Man, like these guys who, who um, I said, I found out that are dying in, in Islam, those guys are living like it's real, Right? If Jesus isn't real, then those guys died for nothing, and that's crazy, but these guys are out there doing that, and we're out here doing it today, right? So, living in the reality of Jesus, living by that spirit, and he contrasts that a lot, this whole idea of um, the desires of, of us and the desires of the spirit. I think this is the idea of, like, conviction. So, in our, in our sinful nature, as, as Paul is putting it, we desire one thing, right? So, I know for me, before, before I met Christ, I would live the way I wanted to, you know, I'd spend the money, spend my money the way I want to. I would, you know, I can give you many more examples, but I would do whatever I want. And then when I accepted Christ, now it's like, man, I, I look at my, my finances differently, I look at my relationships differently, I look at the way I talk to people differently. I no longer, like, like the first one, I don't serve myself anymore, I look to, to try and try to serve other people. And it's like where I once was okay with spending, you know, 40 hours of video games a week, which it's a true story. It's sad to say, but I used to play a lot of video games, right? And now it's like, is it okay to play video games? Yeah, absolutely. Should I spend 40 hours playing video games? No, I'm kind of convicted by that. I'm like, man, I should probably pick up a book and read or something. Like, read the Bible. Read what's going on. So that idea of where you were once not convicted, you are now convicted um, by different things when you live in the spirit. And so he contrasts uh, he contrasts us a lot in the next passage here. this whole desires and things like that. So let's look at let's look at what he's talking about in contrasting these things. And uh, picking back up in verse 22, I'm sorry, verse uh, 19, we'll see a list that we often gravitate to, and I think uh, a list that culture really is like totally okay with. So 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious: sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's crazy. So what he's saying here is, man, the desires of the flesh, or the desires of our sinful nature, what we want to pursue, what we normally gravitate to, and what culture is totally okay with, is the idea of um, the first three is talking about sexual immorality. So anything outside marriage, whatever you're thinking, yeah, that. Don't do that. So the second one, he's talking about false religion, you know, witchcraft and stuff like that. He's Saying putting anything before God, so worshiping something else. He's saying relationships. These, the next eight things that he says, it's all about relationships. Like, do we have fits of rage? Do we have selfish ambition in our relationships? Are we creating dissension? And the last two is talking about overindulgence. So are we overindulging? And he's putting this up against living in the spirit. So he's saying, um, this last part here where I said was pretty crazy. He says, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You look at that and you're like, wait a minute. I thought you said this whole time that if I have faith in Christ, that I'm saved, that I'm accepted, and like, that's it. Boom. There. Got it. Well, what, he's, what Paul's saying, it's not hypocrisy. He's saying, it's actually if you make a lifestyle of these things, so you can easily look at this list and be like, if you're making a lifestyle of these things, most likely you're saying, you probably don't have the spirit, or at least if you have the spirit, you are so far from the convictions of the spirit, you need to bring it back. He's saying you're you're gone so far away from what the spirit is telling you, the Holy Spirit is working in you, and you're you're now creating a lifestyle of that. And it's it's not that we're we're never gonna not do these things, right? So all of us, we're we're broken people, we're <laughs> we're sinful people. We we often go through the desires of our of our happiness and pleasure, and so we're gonna mess up. And that's not what he's saying. He's like, he's not saying if you're a Christian, then you shouldn't do these ever, right? Because it's gonna happen. We're gonna fall. We're gonna fail. But it's not living in that. It's not creating a lifestyle of that. It's listening to what the Spirit has to say. That conviction and then, and then uh, changing it. So that's a, um, this is way different from living in the Spirit. And he says in verse 22, um, if you've been in the church, you probably know this passage well. But in verse 22, he talks about living in the Spirit then. He says, 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So man, he's saying to live in the spirit looks like this. Check out these things. Make an effort toward these things. These are things that are actually already given to you if you have faith in Christ. These are things that the spirit does. Not that we ourselves would like conjure up, but the spirit does this and works these things in us. And so you can look at these two lists and the list, (laughs) the list might look easier, but it's only because of the spirit that that's easy. And these are, this is an effort process. So doing these kind of things right here, the, the spirit, um, the, the fruits of the spirit, doing those kind of things is a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. So I made a chart that might be helpful. If you're a chart person, if you're an Excel kind of person, this might be helpful. So um, there's this idea of law and there's this idea of Jesus. So the law... You can look at it, and remember we said it's like the law is like the Mosaic law. These kind of like these don't do things or obey this or else. So you can look at it and be like, these are the don'ts. You can look at Jesus and be like, these are the do's. So the don'ts is part of works of the flesh. And sorry, I used a different translation. I said works of the flesh, you might have that translation. Otherwise, it's sinful nature. So those are interchangeable. But the idea of law working in the flesh, it can, all those things can become a checklist. Okay? So if, you, if you're thinking like, oh man, I need to earn myself to God, you can look at these things, the law and the works of the flesh that we already talked about in verse 19 to 21, and say, I've got to make a checklist. i got to not do these things. Okay? And what Paul is saying, man, that can be enslaving. That can be enslaving. That Your freedom comes from Christ, not, not from the law, not from doing these good things. And that's when we see this whole idea of doing. So Jesus doing that, like doing, having faith in Christ. These are the do's. So verse 22 to 23, it's like, do these things, okay? Do these things. Live by the Spirit. These are the fruits of the Spirit. If you know you're in Jesus, you know you're doing these things right here. And so he's saying, don't make a checklist out of these things. Make this a lifestyle. Don't, don't look at it like a checklist. This is a lifestyle that we get to actually work for, make an effort towards. It's not something that we can just check off, did it. It's something that we continue to allow to work in ourselves. And so that brings freedom. That brings freedom in Christ is what we're talking about. So if that's not helpful for you, the chart isn't helpful for you. I have a different analogy because um, Jesus fulfills this law. That's why we're talking about it. It's so easy to, and it's so easy to focus on the things that we shouldn't do, the don'ts. And for me, I, I'm on this new diet, okay? So I'm on this diet. It's called Keto. I stole it from Pastor Tony because he's doing it. I thought it was cool. And um, basically this diet is you, you, either, you either burn sugar or you burn fat. So you eliminate sugar and carbs from your diet, and then you, you eat fat and protein. So I'm like, okay, that, that sounds good. But anytime you go into a diet, for me at least, I'm like, man, there's a lot of things that I can't eat. Like, don't eat this, don't eat that. I'm like, man, that's hard. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. I want to eat that stuff. So like this picture up here, If we look at this picture, I'm like, man, look at all this stuff. I can't eat that. I'm like, I can get bogged down by that and be like, I'm not going to do this diet. Like, I can't live up to that. I want to eat. I don't even know what that stuff is, but I want to eat that stuff. (laughs) Like, like, I can't do that. That's hard. But and that's kind of like, I'm using it as an analogy for kind of like works of the law. Like, we can look at those don't do things, and man, man, the Bible's tough. I can't do those things. Like, I just can't. But when we focus on the do's, when we focus on on Jesus, when we put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ, then we focus on the do's. So for me, my diet, the do is bacon, right? Bacon, I can have as much bacon as I want. So I'm like, man, I'm going to focus on that. I put a picture of bacon up here. So good. So instead of like, instead of these, right? So instead of these don't do things, it's so much easier for me to look at and be like, well, I can eat bacon. So I'm like, I can live with this diet. I'm going to do this diet. I'm going to do it real good. So I had bacon this morning. And um, so that's what we're saying, this this contrast. So easy to look at these, don't do this, don't do this. Let's focus on the do, the bacon, no, no, the Jesus. Forget about the bacon, talk about Jesus. So focusing on Jesus, focusing on the do, focusing on the fruit of the Spirit, so much easier, so much more freeing. So that's what we're talking about here. So how do we stay free? We stay free by, number one, love others. Number two, live by the Spirit. So hopefully hopefully that puts some clarity to that for you guys. So I think culture, like I said, culture is so much about freedom for myself, freedom in whatever I want to do, very selfish, but this freedom in Christ that we get to have is this freedom to do whatever we want made in the image of God, knowing that we get to do these things and live by the Spirit. So I'm going to invite the band to come up because they're awesome, and I'm going to give us um, two things and I'm going to address two audiences here. So the two audiences, so some of us uh, are followers of Christ here. Um, what I would, I would encourage you to, to know and to, to kind of leave off with in this, from this, uh, this, ser- this sermon today is that man, when we put our faith in Christ, as a follower of Christ, we are free from the guilt of sin. We're free from the past guilt, the past sin. We're free from the present sin. We're free from the future sin. We are free from having guilt of these things man, we get to have freedom in Christ. We're free to not worry about those, not, not be conscious of those things. It's not that we continue on sinning, but that we get to actually make an effort to, to live in the image that we're called to, that we ought to. So for me, I know, for me, I'm like, man, I need to consider the, the areas of growth that, that I need. So living in the spirit, it's not easy. It's easy to focus on Jesus, but, the, but having that freedom and keeping that freedom, he says, stand firm, make an effort to do that. So maybe for you, and not to make a checklist out of this, but look at look at the attributes of the spirit and say, man, how am I developing these? How am I using the the spirit, the fruit of the spirit to, to love others? How am I living living by it? So I encourage you that. So where is the spirit telling you to, to change? So for me there's there's definitely a lot of change that I need to do. So I need to uh, think about that and listen, man, where what is the spirit telling me? What what am I convicted by? What is the spirit saying that man, I need to I need to have more love, more joy. How do I develop that? Pray, pray about that. How do, how is that going to be developed in me to do those things? And transformation is slow too. So don't think that when you become a Christ follower, you're just like boom. I got all these attributes. Super Christian. It's like no. It takes time. It takes stumbling. <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna pursue. You're you're gonna pursue it, and you're gonna you're gonna eventually develop it. So for those investigating, so I want to assume that everyone's a, f- a crawler a crawler of Christ, a follower of Christ here. Um, so those of us I know, man. It's getting late. (laughs) Um, So if if you're an investigator in Jesus, if you're investigating, it it might sound like we're just talking about Christians here, which is partly true. But this freedom in Christ is is offered to you as well. It's offered to you. It's offered to to anybody that would would choose to, to follow Christ. And it's not easy. But Think about it man the the freedom that we get in Christ, the freedom that we don 't have to glorify ourselves there 's so much freedom in in serving other people and loving other people. I would encourage you to to think about that to to, to really just pray to God about that. What are some areas in my life that man i 'm enslaved to this, that, and the other, and I really need freedom from it god God wants to offer you that freedom He wants to give that give that to us freely as a free gift so I would I would just say that, pray about that. Um, maybe jump in a life group and and see how messed up we are and how <laughs> how we can help you to continue to stand firm in your freedom with that. So all I have to say, I think Jesus wants us to know that I am free, not just because it's Fourth of July, but because it's right here. <laughs> Jesus wants us to know that I'm free. So let's just pray. <laughs> uh, Jesus, you're so good, Lord. I um man, I don't really you, you don't really understand uh, the freedom we have until. Till maybe it's taken away, or till, till we come to know you as, as Lord and Savior. So Lord, first and foremost, I want to pray for anybody investigating you, Lord, knowing that, man, <laughs> we, we are people who are enslaved to, like, just things in this world, are, are the desires of our flesh, the pursuit of happiness and pleasure, despite the consequences, despite what other people have to think. So Lord, I pray that you would show, show, um, show us, even, even people who follow Christ, we struggle this to st- still, too so show all of us man how how your freedom is good and how we are just enslaved and, and stuff that is just not good for us not the way you created us and you created us to live <laughs> to live for you and uh, to live by you and so i pray that we would live in your spirit lord and that we would love others through it so i pray that during this week maybe we would consider these attributes that you have of your spirit and how to live in that and say man. I really want to aspire to that. I want to grow in that. Those are things that I can do. I could, I could probably really do that and develop that. So Lord, give us the strength to stand firm in, in your freedom, Lord, that you, <laughs> that you died for. Let us to, to glorify you through that um, and not to just diminish that and look to, to seek ourselves, to seek our own thing. So Lord, we just uh, praise you in this time and it's your time anyway. So Jesus, thank you. It's all in your name.